0: Jesus taught us about spiritual warfare and the role prayer plays in it. This message is the sixth in the series, Pray. The message is entitled, How to Pray for Protection. Here is Pastor Dalo Shields and Pastor Steve Rivera. Well, can you join me in giving all of our campuses a big warm welcome, welcome, we're back with part two of interviewing Pastor Dale. Uh, We're in a series on prayer, and we've been praying about how to pray Jesus' way, uh, how to focus, how to live in God's will, and then how to ask for God uh, for our needs. And then last week, we talked about specifically forgiveness and how to experience God's forgiveness in our own life, and then how to extend that to others. Uh, we did a, a great uh, Q and A last week, and then today we're back with Pastor Dale. And so, okay, come on, let's give Pastor Dale a big, warm welcome. We're excited to uh, interview you again, Pastor Dale. Uh, today we're shifting gears a little bit. We're going to talk about um, experiencing God's protection over our life. And that's specifically part of the verse. Uh, we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're talking about God's protection, how important God's protection is yes.
1: in our life, Pastor Dale. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, this summer, we're looking at the whole theme of prayer. Actually, the title of our series is Pray. And it's actually a, it's actually a, a command to do, pray. Okay. Pray. And uh, the reason we chose that word for the series is because we, we didn't want to name it the noun prayer. We wanted to name it the action word pray. Prayer. This is what God wants you to do, and this is what needs to happen in your life. And Jesus was asked the question one day by one of his disciples. Actually, he was posed this proposition, Lord, uh, John the Baptist's disciples are learning how to pray. Would you teach us to pray? Yes. And Jesus responded and said, pray like this. And he gave to his disciples and to us, the model prayer that I'm sure all of us know. In fact, maybe we can say it together. Why don't we all say it together? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Most of you were able to recite that with me. Why? Because you learned it as a prayer, as a model prayer. Maybe you've even prayed it before. Maybe you do pray it regularly. But what I want you to see, what I want us to see in this series is that this was far more than just a prayer given for recitation, It's yeah. not something to memorize yeah. and just sort of spout out as words. Actually, Jesus was responding to the request, teach us to pray, okay? How do we pray, okay? And Jesus said, pray this way, okay? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That is, start out your prayers with worship and honoring who God is and focusing your attention on the mighty power and grace of who God is. And then, pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. Make sure that you're asking for his engagement in every part of your life, his rule in every part of your life. That's what kingdom means. And then to pray, give us today our daily bread To learn to lay out your request before God specifically so that he can answer and provide for you everything that you need to do his will. Okay. You can't do his will without having the bread that you need to actually do his will. So you lay your request before him. And as we talked about, in our last Q&A together, we talked about uh, forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive those who are indebted to us. We talked about the power of forgiveness. And then now we come to this theme in the Lord's Prayer of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one or the evil. And then, of course, the conclusion of that. That's great. All right. So
0: we're talking about protection. How, first of all, how important is God's protection in our life because uh, we all want to be protected, right? And I think sometimes we think we can protect ourselves.
1: But there's a protection from God that is... Uh, supernatural, right? Absolutely. Going back all the way to the Old Testament, you see the children of Israel, even when they were going through the wilderness, the Bible says that there was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, okay? That God was their shield. God was their protection. God was. You read the book of Psalms over and over again, and David, the psalmist, talks about uh, God being his shield and defender, his protector. Uh, it's really uh, sad to think that we, we, we try to do all the defending of our lives ourselves when we realize that we have a God who wants to bring bring protection to us and shield us. And to doesn't mean that you're not going to face troubles or challenges in life, but it means that the grace of God is there to shield or protect you if you learn to walk in certain ways. There's a conditional element to this, but also a faith element to realizing that God is there to provide that
0: protection for you. Because there are things that we can't protect ourselves from, no matter how good or
1: smart or whatever we are, right? And that's exactly what Jesus was referring to here in this part of the prayer, lead us on to deliver us from evil or the evil one. Because there's a, you know, uh, Steve, it's important to realize that the world that we live in, we tend to think of our world only in one dimension, the world that we can see, okay? Yeah. And so I, what's real to me is what I can see, what I can touch, what I can feel, okay? But the Scripture teaches us, and, and, and it's, it's true that there's an unseen world that we, there's a world that we can't see, okay? And that's influencing the world that we can't see. There's a, there's a spiritual world that is the unseen realm, the invisible world that's just as real, actually more real than the visible world because it was the invisible that created the visible, okay? Right. Yeah. God's the one that made and said, let there be and there was. And so the visible world is an expression of the invisible nature of God expressed that we can't see but nevertheless is very, very real. And so in the invisible realm there are forces that would try to come against us, forces that would try to pull us the wrong direction, that would try to hurt or harm our lives or to create bondages in our life. And so we need protection in the realm in which we can't see. That's great. So prayer
0: protects us. And specifically, he says, and lead us not into temptation. Yes. So um, talk about temptation a little bit.
1: Yeah, temptation is, is, is something that comes at us from the realm of the unseen. It also comes at us from our own evil, sinful natures. All of us are sinful by nature and so needing to be redeemed by Christ and having our hearts and lives continually changed through the work of the Bible called sanctification or making us more like Jesus. But temptation is, is that pull toward anything that is contrary to God's word or God's will. That's the best way that I can define it. Anytime that we're, we're, we're being directed in our desires or directed by some external force toward anything that's opposite of God's Word or opposite of God's will. That's a temptation, okay? And the interesting thing about temptation is that it showed up very early in humanity, okay? It shows up by the very third chapter of the book of Genesis. Think about that. We're three chapters into uh, into humanity's existence, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and the Bible says that there was a serpent that showed up in the garden and tempted Eve, and ultimately Adam as well, and tempted them to disregard God's word and to listen to him instead of to God, and to be enticed to do something that seemed in the uh, on the exterior to be very attractive and very positive, and the the serpent used that to beguile or to deceive Adam and even and pull them away from God and ultimately uh, to result in their their death and their expulsion from the Garden of Eden. And so temptation has that purpose of pulling us off track, getting us off our journey, getting us down a side path that leads us to nowhere that's good.
0: Yeah, and so why does the enemy use temptation and how does he use that in our life? Because we know it's unique to each individual because the enemy knows us, knows our weaknesses, right? And so um, what is his purpose in tempting us and drawing us away? Yeah,
1: well, Jesus made it very clear. John 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Now, this, this is important to understand. The devil has one agenda for our lives, to steal from us, to kill us and destroy us. That's his purpose. And so if you don't understand that, then you'll, you'll, you'll not understand the, 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 the negative aspects or the um, frightful things associated with temptation, okay? And I'll use that word frightful in quotes. I need to come back to that in a moment. But... There's this enticement to get us into anything that will steal from us the life that God intended for us to have, to destroy us, to destroy our relationships, and to kill things in us that God, God wants to live. Jesus said, that's what the thief comes to do. And so temptation has that purpose of drawing us into things that are enticing. They look good on the outside, but they're they are full of poison on the inside. And it appeals to Something of our own flesh, and we say, Oh, that really looks good, it looks awesome, and that's what exactly Satan did, the serpent did in the Garden of Eden. He made that fruit look so good. If you eat of this, you know, you're not going to die, Adam and Eve, it'll be okay, it'll be fine. Actually, you'll be wiser after you eat this, isn't it attractive? And so, he polished up the apple, if you will, and he shines it and says, Here, this is something great. That's exactly how Satan works today, and then the end result is destruction.
0: Yeah. And the Bible talks about how the enemy lures us in to things. It's not all of a sudden, it's not you know immediately. It's, it's a gradual process that the enemy uses to tempt us, to get us to where he wants us to be, right? Exactly. In
1: fact, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I, was, uh, I had the privilege of going on a deep sea fishing uh, expedition uh, for a couple of days, and uh, we were fishing for, for, for tuna. And the captain of the boat, uh, I'd not done this before, and so he took the time to teach me how to not only cast the reel, but to work the bait, okay, that's an important thing. Because it's not just a matter of casting the reel, but you also have to work the bait so that you attract the fish, and then once you attract that fish and they take a bite, you have to learn how to reel them in. And that's exactly how temptation works. Temptation throws a lure in our direction, okay? And sort of, if you will, uh, gets our attention and, and attracts us to it. And then we, we bite into the bait and then he sets the hook and he draws us in. And so there's a luring dimension of temptation, uh, very much like a fishing expedition. That, that, and, and all of us are attracted by different things, okay? Uh, one, right. The thing that might tempt you may not tempt me and the thing that tempts me may not tempt you, but the enemy knows our weak spots and he goes after those. That's great. And so the, that's
0: where prayer comes in, right? Because uh, most of the time, many times at least, we don't even recognize that we're being tempted. Um, we think we're making good decisions in the moment, but
1: prayer gives us the discernment that yep. we need, right? The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is of death, okay? Yep. And a lot of things can seem right, and they only, you only begin to realize that they're wrong in the light of prayer, Okay. In other words, you can be, that's why it's important to pray about things because when you're praying about it, sometimes the enemy, the Bible says Satan can come as an angel of light and sometimes opportunities that come our way that we think, oh, this is awesome and then we get into prayer and God begins to help us. Say, well, that's not a good opportunity at all. That's actually something that's about to lure you away from your family or lure you away from your your relationship with God. And so in prayer, we become sensitized to good. things that we wouldn't see any other way. And so it's that moment of being able to, again, as we talked about last weekend, bring some reflection on things, and we see things for what they really are yeah. in the light of prayer. And some things that really look good aren't that good at all. That's great. So prayer sensitizes us to, first of all, the enemy's presence, and then to the resources that God has for us, right? Exactly. And, and to the enemy's presence, his devices, his schemes, and then also to the fact that we don't have to fall prey to it. I do want to say something about temptation. Temptation is not sin. It's important to realize everybody's going to get tempted, okay? And this is a, what a lot of people struggle with at times. Oh, I had this thought, I was tempted, yeah. and, and oh, I feel so miserable. You don't need to be feel, feel miserable about being tempted. Everybody's tempted. The Bible says uh, that, there, that there's no temptation that's taken us, but such as is common to man. <clears throat> and God is faithful, who will, with every temptation, always provide a way of escape. We'll need to talk about that in a moment. But everybody gets tempted. And if you think, you know what? Wow, I'm feeling miserable because I've been tempted about something. Hey, that's, that. understand, that's a part of spiritual. Everybody experiences that. And the issue is not whether you're tempted. The issue is whether you yield to the temptation. Martin Luther made the statement. He said, you can, never, uh, you can never keep a bird from flying over your head, okay? But you can keep it from building a nest in your hair, okay? And so temptation is like that bird that flies over your head, a thought that goes over your head. And you thought about this, you thought about that, and you recognized it for what it was. That's not sin, but it becomes sin when you take hold of it and begin to meditate upon it and begin to act upon it. That's when the bird builds its nest in your, in your hair, if you will. Okay, we'll go, so we'll go back
0: to what you just mentioned. Prayer provides us a way out of that, right? That's where prayer comes in. It's so powerful for us.
1: Yeah, and it's important to realize that when you pray, God designed, you, designed prayer in such a way to help you recognize temptation and then also empower you. Here's the key to say no, that's okay? That's it. See, sometimes we don't feel empowered. We feel like temptation is so overwhelming. I don't know if I can resist this. We talk about resisting temptation. You know, I, I don't normally talk about resisting temptation. I talk about overpowering or overcoming temptation because you, you, the best way to overcome temptation is not, not just to try to push it away and resist it, but to overcome it by simply saying, you know what, I'm saying no to this and yes to God. And so in prayer, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Spirit to see things for what they really are and then to have the grace and strength to say no to that which is wrong and yes to yes. that which is right. That's great. And then First Peter,
0: he says, resist him standing firm in the faith, right? And then uh, can you talk
1: about putting the armor of God on through prayer, how that looks? Yeah. You know, uh, there have been times in my own life, I don't do this every day, but I will do it from time to time. And I think of it uh, I think it's more of an intuitive thing for me now, but it's not a bad thing to do if you're uh, learning how to pray this way, and that's to actually pray the armor of God okay, upon your life every day, that when you're spending time in prayer in your morning or in your evening, whenever you take time to actually pray that you actually pray through the armor of God. It's found in Ephesians chapter six. Let me kind of walk you through it. You can read this uh, on your own time. I think it starts in about verse 10 of Ephesians chapter six. He talks about putting on the helmet of salvation and then the breastplate of righteousness, having our loins girt with truth, our feet with the gospel of peace, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And so you begin to pray through your day. God, I'm praying that today you'd just help me to have a helmet a salvation on my head. I pray that my thoughts would be thoughts that honor you. God, I'm praying for the breastplate of righteousness to realize that today I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That today, as I live my life, I want what I want to do what is right, not what is wrong. I want to live this day the right way, not the wrong way. And God, I'm praying that my innermost being would be girded with truth. I don't want any lies of the enemy down on the inside of me that would trick me or deceive me in some way. I want my my loins, my innermost being, my where, where the most significant dimension of my being, my vital organs are to be controlled with truth. I want to be living in peace today. Everywhere I go, I'm carrying the gospel of peace. I'm not a divider. I'm not a contender. I'm not a fighter. I'm not contentious. I'm carrying the gospel of peace. I'm walking in good news today. I'm not walking in bad news today. And then, God, I'm taking up the shield of faith. That today, whenever the enemy throws something my way that wants to cause me to doubt or fear or worry, instead of letting it find its, the arrows find its way into my heart, I'm going to pull up my shield of faith and the promises of God. And then. I'm going to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the, that's the only offensive weapon that is spoken of here, that you can use the Word against the enemy when he's coming against you, which is exactly what Jesus did, uh, Steve, in, in, in Matthew chapter 4. When he was tempted, how did he overcome temptation? When he was tempted three times, Jesus said, It is written, it is written, it is written. He used the sword of the Spirit to overcome temptation. So all these things are, are this is not just some... Uh, some ethereal, mystical kind of thing. These are very practical things that you can do in prayer that will absolutely make your life better. I love that. You just
0: painted a great picture of um, prayer as us being spiritual warriors, really. We're, We're spiritual warriors. We're in a battle, and prayer is not a passive thing,
1: right? Not at all. No, if you if you if you're passive in your spiritual life, you'll 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 be you'll be bowled over, you'll be you'll be steamrolled because because the enemy is not passive. The enemy aggressively. The Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse eight that we're to be on our guard, alert, because the devil goes around as a roaring as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, if you if you notice a lion in 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 the jungle, they're on the prey. They're looking for. They're a predatory animal, so they're looking for something to devour. The same is true of the enemy. He is aggressively coming after us. That should not produce fear in us, but it should produce vigilance in us. It should cause us to watch and to be alert. It's exactly what Peter said. Be alert, watch, watch for the enemy your your enemy the devil goes around like a roaring lion and so prayer is what enables us to be a fighter to be vigilant to take a stand to be firm whether it be uh, the invasion of the enemy against our own lives or minds or against our families or our finances that we stand up and say you know what I'm not going to let this be something that I'm pushed around with I'm going to actually take ground here and move forward that's wonderful I love that so there's this dimension
0: that is in the unseen world that prayer just has such a powerful
1: role in, right? Absolutely. Think about in the Old Testament, um, uh, just a little bit of Old, old Testament history here. Uh, when the children of Israel uh, finally finished their wanderings through the wilderness in 40 years, and they come, Moses now dies, and then Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. And they come to the Jordan River, and God says, okay, I'm going to get you across. You're going to have a battle in Jericho, and you're going to then take the land. That's an important statement there, take the land. The reason that God wanted them to take the land is because the Canaanites in the land were evil and they were horrible folks and from the standpoint of their own morality and so forth. And so God was going to drive out the idolatrous, heathen, uh, godless people and allow His people to possess the land and to bear fruit, to raise up farms and, 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 and fruitfulness as a part of their experience. But before they could experience, this is important, before they could experience the blessing, the prosperity, the fruitfulness in their life, they had to drive out the enemy, okay? They had to drive the Canaanites out. And so God said, go in there and drive them out, okay? I'm going to help you. I want you to do this. But there's a warfare... There's, there, there, there's, there's a battle before there's a blessing, okay? And I think all of us want That's the blessing, great. but we don't want the battle, okay? But you've got to have a battle before you have the blessing. So it's the battle that leads you to the blessing. And so as they're engaging in this battle with the, with, the, with the Canaanites, through the battle, they conquer the land, and they begin to experience the blessing of living in the promised land. The same is true for us. But the devil loves to build strongholds in your life, strongholds in your mind, strongholds in your family, strongholds in your kids, strongholds in your finances strongholds in your business. Yeah. He likes to get in and mess with things and kind of get a place in there. And you and I have to stand up in prayer and say, right. no, we're not right. going to let that happen. Right. We don't want you, we're not giving you access to this. No, in Jesus' yeah. name, by the power of Jesus' yeah. name, the authority of his word, the power of his promises, the power of his blood, we take a stand against the works of the adversary. When you paint that picture of that, those things happening in those different areas
0: prayer just seems essential, right? It's prayer is just, it's vital because if that's happening and we're not engaging daily in prayer, then we're incredibly
1: vulnerable, right? Yeah, and, and the enemy is very subtle, okay, very subtle. Uh, notice this, in Ephesians chapter four, verse 26, Paul makes a statement. He said, um, don't, uh, don't sin in your anger. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry and neither give... Place to the devil. Let's stop there for a moment. Think about that. He said, make sure that when you're angry, I'm just using one example. This is one illustration of how the enemy gets access into our lives, just for context purposes here. When you're angry, don't sin, and the way you sin is by holding on to it. Yeah. Giving and when you don't and you let the sun go down on your anger, what happens is you retain something of a seed the enemy planted in you and it's going to grow, okay? In other words, the enemy gains some access when you hold on to resentment, for example, and he gets a place in you. And so the next time that something happens in that relationship that caused you anger in the first place, there's already something there that got started before. And so now there's territory that you've given to the enemy that he's actually taken charge over in your life. And so now he can yank on that string wow. anytime he wants to and pull you in a direction and get you off course. Because wow. not because... Uh, not because God let it happen, you let it happen, I let it happen, we gave a place. And so in prayer, we, we, we're sensitized to those possibilities. We also rise up and we reject those. We drive them out of our life, drive them out of our environments. So um, it's
0: possible then for us to have strongholds in our life, so we need to pray for God's protection over, the, over those areas, but then we also need to pray for deliverance because Absolutely. the
1: reality is that it does happen, right? It happens to all of us, okay? There's not a single one of us that at some point in time that we don't find ourselves Uh, struggling with something where we gave a place to the enemy. It may have happened. Sometimes these strongholds happen in your life through experiences you've had in the past where something happened, maybe something that created a great amount of fear inside of you or something that created a great amount of hurt inside of you, and the enemy got a stronghold there, and there's this place in you that you feel so vulnerable, okay? And you feel like, I'm just so weak in that area, I'll never get strong. It seems like this is the thing that breaks me down every time. Uh, maybe it's an addiction that's happened in your life because of just some choices that you've made. And so there's strongholds that the enemy wants to convince you that you're never going to be any different. That's the lie of Satan, okay? The lie of Satan is he gets into you and he says, okay, I got you right there. That part of your life is never going to change. You're never going to be any different. You're always going to be an angry person. You're always going to be an addicted person. You're always going to be a hurt person. You're always going to be a whatever kind of person. And he convinces us that we can never change. And the strongholds the enemy uses are in our mind, okay? It's not so much that some demon comes inside of you. I want to break that that mindset. I'm not talking about some demon coming and living inside of you. What I'm talking about is is as a thought that is generated by hell itself getting inside of you okay a thought that says this is how you're going to be you'll never overcome this this is something that you'll never be able to conquer you'll always be broke you'll never be able to be succeed, successful and that the bible says that the, in, in, in 2 in second corinthians chapter 10 I believe it is that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal But they're mighty through God for the casting down of strongholds, that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. And so the strongholds that happen are in our mind. So in prayer, what we do is we go to battle against those thoughts. Jesus said, pray this way. He said, pray, lead us not into temptation, but what was the next word there? Deliver 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 us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. And, God, I'm praying that in my mind, that wherever there's been any kind of stronghold of evil that is taking me down a path that is stealing from me and killing me and destroying me in some way, I'm praying, God, that, that that you will demolish, help me to demolish those ways of thinking in my head that are taking me the wrong direction so that I can head the right direction. And so, again, that's what prayer does for us. It enables us to go to battle against those things. This word,
0: deliver, is to, to, to draw out with force, right? Is, Absolutely. This is not... A, again, a not a passive word, deliver. It's something that's forceful. It's something that,
1: you know, is, is active, right? Absolutely. And so, and, and you have to get active in prayer. Okay. This is why, as a part of your daily prayer, you need to say, God, today I'm praying. Oftentimes I'll pray something like this, Steve, just to get very personal in my own life. And I'm praying as I'm going through, as I will at times, the Lord's prayer. I start with death. Uh, hallowed be your name, Lord. I take some time to hallow and honor and bless your name and to worship you for who you are, to focus my attention on heaven, okay? To move from earth to heaven, to focus on who you are. And now I'm praying that you will, Lord, cause your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my earth as it is in heaven. I wanna do your will. I wanna be, I want you to rule me. And then God, I'm praying that you'll meet my needs. And God, I pray you'll also help me to experience forgiveness for every sin as I forgive others. And now, Lord, I'm now I'm praying that you will deliver, you will keep me from temptation. Lord, I pray that today, I pray today that you will help me to avoid temptation. Keep temptation away from me. Help me to see it before it arrives. Help me to recognize it if it shows up in my world. Keep me, lead me not into temptation. It's not as though God leads you into temptation, it's that you're praying that you will not be led into temptation, that nothing will lead you down a pathway that will take you away from God. And Lord, I'm praying today that you will deliver me from evil and from the evil one. Father, inside of me, whatever uh, seeds of the enemy that have been planted in my life, I ask you today to drive them from me. If I'm specifically aware, for example, of a thought process that has gotten a hold of me in, in recent days, I'll pray against that uh, in my mind. Uh, and, Lord, and I pray that, uh, that you'll also shut down every scheme of darkness against me. Every agenda of the adversary, every plan and scheme of darkness that would be scheming against me or my family or, 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 or and extend that, whatever way you want to extend it, God, I'm praying that you will drive darkness out and let light come in, let truth come in, drive away and dispel the lies and let truth come in. That's, what, that's what's involved in praying, that aspect of the prayer. So we get entrapped uh, entangled
0: in these thought patterns, habit patterns, Um, And would you just speak God's word over us in terms of, um, are there patterns, are there habits that prayer is not able to uh, help us overcome?
1: No. I I mean, all of us have weaknesses, okay? We're we're human beings, and so I, I don't want to paint a picture that we're going to go through life and suddenly we're going to be like this perfect almost even robotically perfect people, no. We're gonna always have struggles, we're gonna always have challenges, there are moments of weakness that we have, and that's why in our weakness we find, we lean into God and find strength. But I will tell you this, I will say this, that as you progressively walk with God, you can overcome things you didn't think you could overcome, okay? You can overcome that addiction that you didn't think you could overcome. Now, you're going to need prayer. You, you're going to need more than prayer. You need the truth of God's Word. You need a group of people that will help you. That's why we have things like Celebrate Recovery and those areas, so you need other resources. But prayer will get you moving in that process. Prayer will break habits. You know, you can pray through. Uh, if you have a maybe a problem with anger or a problem with yeah. just fill in the blank, as you pray through it, you can begin to progressively take that territory back and see victory in your life. I think the most important thing I would say today, Steve, is that in prayer, Jesus taught us to pray. Lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil so that we would have hope and faith that our lives could be delivered. Jesus is far more powerful than any work of darkness. This is important to realize. That's why we pray this way. We're not just barely going to make it. No, Jesus is far more on, on the cross. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. When we pray this way in, in prayer, we're not praying for victory. We're praying from victory that has already been accomplished on the cross of Jesus. When he died on that cross and rose from the grave, he proved that he was king of kings and Lord of lords That no authority. In fact, he said all authority in heaven and earth has been given me. And so he is the one who rules supremely and so we stand in his victory, we stand in his authority, and we realize that we have the opportunity to overcome the enemy in our lives in whatever way he may have made encroachments That's upon great. us.
0: That's great. And also, could you help us understand that, you know, this is a process, you know? Uh, we've we've got habits and patterns that we've developed over years and, you know, sometimes I think we have the, ex- the expectation that 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 will change immediately, right. but God God uses processes,
1: right? Absolutely. You know, there's sometimes in life when you have a deliverance, it's, a, it's an immediate thing. And you know, I've had moments uh, in in my life, uh, rare, not not many, but I've had some moments in my life where something have happened, has happened in a moment of deliverance. It's like boom, there it was. It was one way, one moment, and. God help 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 change something in, in in a moment's time. But generally speaking the deliverances that come to our lives come Steve as a part of the process in time. We yeah. keep praying. Uh, that's why as we'll talk about in this series the power of persevering prayer. I'll get to that later on in the series. But we keep on praying. We keep on getting the truth of God's word in us. We keep in church relationship. We hang out with good people, godly people. We keep coming to church and hearing God's word. And over time, by the days and months and weeks and years, we begin to be, uh, truth begins to be absorbed into our system and it drives the lies out and it changes us. The Bible says we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free. And so truth is is a progressive process of learning it. That's great. So being
0: aware of all these things around us in the spiritual realm should not drive us to fear, but they should drive us to prayer. To prayer Prayer. and to faith, the confidence that God will help us to overcome it. Fantastic. Pastor Joe, would you take a moment as we close out, would you just pray for us that God would help us to seek him daily in um, seeking protection and really deliverance through prayer? Would you pray over us?
1: Absolutely. Let's pray together as a church. Father, I thank you today that you are more powerful than any work of darkness. Thank you that your grace is greater than anything we can imagine. I thank you that in this moment, right now, in this very important ministry moment, I thank you that you're here to work in hearts and lives today to give us hope, to give us faith, to give us confidence. There's no stronghold that can't be broken. There's no chain that cannot be snapped. Lord, there's no, uh, there's no uh, dimension of bondage in our lives that we can't find freedom from. And I pray that that hope and faith would rise in hearts. I pray, God, that you'll also help us to be spiritual warriors. Help us, Father, in our day-to-day times of prayer to engage this process of praying as you taught us to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. And, Father, I thank you. We thank you in advance for the victories that are going to happen, the victories that are already being set in motion this very weekend in our own individual lives, in our thinking, in our marriages, in our families, in our finances, in our businesses, Lord, in our uh, extended relationships, God, thank you for us being being able to see ground taken back from the enemy and your kingdom advance for that. We praise you in Jesus' name. from the inside out, and you become a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church.
0: If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.